0: Thank you everyone. Um, I believe we have two residents from Stansted who are here this evening who would like to address the Council and present a petition, Um, Rachel Roberts and John Black. Thank you.
1: Good evening, Madam Chairman and Members. Uh, My name is John Black. I live on Reeve Road, Forest Hall Park, Stansted. I'm here to present our petition concerning play areas. I have a four-year-old son and we live less than 50 metres from the play areas and use them regularly. I am here with Rachel Roberts, another resident of Forest Hall Park, who has two young children and also uses the play areas on a regular basis. Reeve Road has two small play areas with play equipment aimed at preschool children. These parks are used frequently by children living on the development and by those visiting relatives or on their way to collect siblings from St Mary's School. The planning department at UDC has demanded that CrowdAce Homes remove the play equipment before handing the space over to Stansted Parish Council after concerted lobbying by a small number of residents of Reeve Road. correspondence we have seen and our experiences of trying to organise a community children's treasure hunt at Easter have confirmed that the residents involved would prefer that there were no equipment at all in these open spaces and that games and gatherings of people should be strongly discouraged by signage. Our online petition containing some 300-plus signatures shows that there is considerable opposition to the removal of this play equipment. A resident who lives right next to the play areas is also very supportive of our cause. Forest Hall Park is a thriving and friendly place to live. We all benefit from the advantages of living on a well-planned and attractive development. And part of living on a housing development means getting along with our neighbours. We are sympathetic to the concerns of the residents, but suggest they are, perhaps understandably, grossly exaggerating every single incident or occurrence in an attempt to emphasise their point. We dispute that the equipment was not on the plans when the houses were purchased. The plans we have seen, dated the 11th of the 1st, 2011, show the current equipment clearly including locations, photographs of each item and the height of the slide. We believe the equipment is entirely appropriate for the age group and is neither attracting older children or being misused. It is in excellent condition. We are indeed delighted that CrowdAce homes are provided beyond the bare minimum. There are no reported problems with congregating teenagers, noise or antisocial behaviour and people do not routinely arrive in cars to use the parks. Indeed a search of the online crime hotspots reveal no reports of antisocial behaviour or vandalism in these play areas. We also dispute the residents' contention that the parks will be unkempt and badly maintained once they're handed over to the parish council. Current open spaces in Stansted indicate that this fear is entirely unfounded. Whatever the residents were told by the developer at the time of purchase, the open spaces were always clearly indicated. It appears that some residents would like to benefit from the pleasant aspect of living opposite these lovely parks but prevent anyone from outside the square using them. Some residents have told children and parents that they are not permitted to use the footpaths to access the parks as these are private property. Stansford Parish Council has offered a sensible solution to set up a working group involving residents on both sides of the debate to find a compromise that works for everyone. And we should acknowledge that that it is the needs of the children that are paramount in all of this. We would ask uh, UDC to support this option and not have the will of a few imposed unfairly upon the majority. Thank you for your time and consideration.
0: Thank you. Um, I will refer to the Cabinet Member, Susan Barker, to respond, please.
2: Thank you, Chairman. Um, thank you very much for coming along this evening to present this petition. I do realise how much well-equipped play areas mean to families with young children. I've spoken to you just before the meeting and spoken to the two councillors for Stas to South, and I think we would very much like Uttersford to be involved with this project with you, to put up a working party uh, work with you, with the parents in particular, with the people in the area, with the Parish Council to come to a sensible conclusion so the land can be handed over to us and then to the Parish Council. So thank you for coming along and be assured we will work with you for a sensible resolution.
0: Thank you. So moving on to item one of this evening's agenda, which is the presentation of the title of Honorary Alderman to former Councillor Jim Ketteridge and Honorary Alderwoman to former Councillor Jan Minnell. And I would like to invite them both to sit with me here whilst I say a few words if you'd like to come up. Sorry, you've had to take the long route. (laughs) Uh, I will start with Jan. Jan was first elected when Uttlesford District Council had its inaugural elections in 1974. She has served the ward of Littlebury for 41 years and, over that period of time, has committed herself to help her constituents wherever possible. Her job for many years was as a local midwife, which kept her extremely busy. However, she always had time to sort out the many problems that the residents of her ward had. Jan always had a kind word for everyone and very rarely raises her voice in disquiet. Over her period on the council, she had lots of different positions and roles, but probably she will always be best known for her planning and housing experience. She leaves a legacy of being one of the most kind and conscientious members, but two things stick out amongst all others. Firstly, she was chairman of the council in 1994, and secondly, through her charity that year, she was able to start the Buffy Bus for young children throughout the district, and this wonderful achievement still runs today and shows the real community spirit that Jan has. Jan thoroughly deserves the accolade of being made an honorary Alderwoman for Uttlesford District Council, and may she have many happy years with her family and beloved animals. Thank you. Thank you. you for the moment, and
3: please do. I'm sorry, did I miss miss the photo opportunity? Okay, thank
0: thank you. And Jim. Jim Ketteridge was first elected to Uttlesford District Council in 1979 to 1995 and then again from 1999 to 2015. Jim was born and has lived in Saffron Warden all of his life, and even when working long hours in his job at the post office, he still made time to put something back into the community. His council roles over the years have been many and varied, and include being chairman of the council in 2002, and then in 2003 he became leader of the Conservative Group. 2007 saw Jim appointed leader of the council, and he found himself in a position whereby the council was in dire straits financially. Being the sort of person he is, he did not back away from the difficult decisions or challenges. Instead, he set about resolving the council's predicament. With hard work and sheer determination over the next seven years, he turned the council around into being one of the best run councils in the country. He achieved this by working with members and officers in a kind, resilient way, never demanding, but always looking and listening to the right way forward for the residents of Uttlesford. It's very difficult to say in a few words the service that Jim has given to the District Council and all its residents. He's always been available to listen to people's concerns and problems. Jim is a real family man, and we wish him and his family a long and happy retirement, and he, more than anyone, deserves becoming an honorary alderman of Uttlesford District Council. Thank you. If you'll excuse us a moment, I believe now it's the photo opportunity. Thank you. Well, that was a lovely thing to start this meeting with. Um, And before I move on to the rest of the agenda, I've just been asked to remind members that IT support is available this evening. If anyone's having any problems with their iPads, then there is someone here to help. Um, And also you will see a a short questionnaire in front of you regarding um, the iPads. I think it's just asking about any concerns or queries you may have and how it's working for you. So if you would get an opportunity to fill those in and return, then we'd be very grateful. Thank you. Uh, moving on to apologies for absence. I've received apologies from Councillors Asker, Richard Freeman, Lochlin, Ryles, Sell, and Foley. Any others? No? Nope? Okay, thank you. Do I need to sign this and move it round? us while well, we just sort out the paperwork. Right, okay, so moving on to minutes of the previous meeting and matters arising. I will go through them um, point by point. Oh, I'm so sorry. I need to ask whether or not everyone is happy with the accuracy of the minutes. Thank you. So moving forward to matters arriving, arising. Um, Section C1. No, C2, C3, C4, C5, C6, C7, C8, C9, C10, C11, C12, C13, C14, C15, C16, C17, C18, C19, C20. Nothing? Everyone happy? Okay, do I need to sign those do at the, end of the, the end of the meeting? Okay. Then moving on to Chairman's announcements. Um, my first few months have been fairly busy. Um, the first event I attended was a garden party at Capel Manor College in Enfield where a number of students from our district attend. I've also attended the civic church services at Chelmsford and South End. In addition, I spoke at the Saffron Walden Rotary Club Book Awards and presented the Jack Petchy Awards to the Essex Girl Guides. I've attended a garden party in Rochford, the Essex Scouting Association AGM, a reception with flyby at the Maries Airfield and more recently the beating of the retreat at Carver Barracks. Uh, in addition, I selected the Thaxted Primary Schools Performance to attend during the Thaxted Carnival. I took part in the Race for Life with a number of other people in Chelmsford in support of one of my charities, Cancer Research, where we raised £1,500 in sponsorship. Councillor Julie Redfern also very kindly took part with her friends in Cambridge, raising a further £307 in sponsorship, so we're off to a really good start with our fundraising this year. I'm also really pleased to hear that the Staff Social Club is holding a quiz night in support of my charities. In terms of my own events, I do have some dates for your diaries. The first is this Thursday afternoon with a tour of the gardens of Great Eastern Lodge, followed by afternoon tea. I know many of you are attending, but if anyone is still interested, please do let me know. We also have a quiz night planned here in the Council Chamber on Thursday the 15th of October, and a candlelit Christmas Civic Church service at the Holy Cross Church in Felstead on Tuesday the 15th of December. Our civic dinner, which will have a St George's Day banquet theme, will be held on Friday the 22nd of April at Bishop Golf Club. I would also like to take the opportunity to publicly thank the Chairman and Leaders PA, Janine Corby, for all her help and support, settling me into this new role. Thanks to her, I am never unprepared at these events, and she does a wonderful job of keeping me organised. Please do let her or I know if you would like to hold an event in support of this year's charities, or if you would like me to attend something. I've really enjoyed my first few months. It's a great honour for me to represent the district and I've got to visit some hidden gems within Uttlesford and look forward to experiencing more of them over the coming months. Thank you. I would like now to move on to reports from the Leader and members of the Executive. I believe Susan Barker has some papers. Well, I'll first, if Sorry, my apologies, Howard.
4: Okay, thank you very much uh, indeed, Chairman, and um, well done for your very fine words earlier. In fact, I'd just like to carry on that theme, if I may, because this is the first uh, public occasion that we've been together since uh, the announcement by the Chief Executive that he's to retire at the handsome age of 60 uh, in early January. And um, some of the, the points that were made by you Uh, about Jim uh, obviously chimed very much with uh, uh, John's own time uh, the, the, the condition of Attlesford District Council uh, when he became Chief Executive to the point that we are today. Uh, we'll say much more on other occasions, but just uh, tonight, uh, I'd like to congratulate uh, John on his seven and a half years of excellent service uh, to take Attlesford to the condition uh, that it is in, not just in terms of its financial performance, but the spirit and feel of the Council. Uh, this is, I this is hope, and I think, uh, a nice place uh, to work, and that is down to John's approachability and the way he conducts his leadership. So very well done, John. Thank you. Um, The second area I just wanted to touch on, and I know um, Councillor Barker will Has referred to it in her her summary notes. But uh, if she'll allow me, I just want to refer to the Planning Policy Working Group because it is of such importance to this council and uh, its members and the broader constituents. Uh, the, The working group has met twice in July. On the 13th of July, Uh, We supported the new work plan and risk assessment um, which sets out the main tasks including infrastructure planning, green belt assessment and financial viability assessment. Um, The the new approach proposes that the local plan process will focus on establishing a development strategy and vision rather than being led by landowners and developers. We then took that forward to last night. Um, when, uh, first of all, we noted the intended engagement of a transport consultant, something I think is very key to the process, um, and discussed the implications of the recent ministerial statement, which requires all planning authority, all local planning authorities, to produce a local plan by early 2017. I think that focuses the mind. Um, The working group supported the proposed approach to mapped areas of search, and those of you who have uh, been on the website and looked at the papers, will start to understand what that means. Mapped areas of search and scenarios for consultation, uh, which will take place in the autumn which will enable the Council to demonstrate that it is properly considered all the options. Uh, The same uh, working group last night also supported a report setting out the relationship between local plans and neighbourhood plans and we are keen to understand the intentions of parish councils uh, by the end of the year and uh, that will be a feature at the parish forum on the 28th of September. As you're aware, the uh, working group is cross-party and uh, the three-party leaders sit on it, so each... um, Councillor will be able to talk to their leader and other members of that group uh, for further information. The detail is, as I say, on the website. But I think it's very important that we have a briefing, and I propose that uh, officers set this up for as early in September uh, as convenient to all those returning from their summer holidays uh, to cover that, and a subject I'll just touch on in a minute, devolution, so that uh, you're as expert as everybody else in in the whole process. But so far, and I I think this the shared view, we are very content with the detail um, that this process is going through. It started very broadly and will slowly narrow down, taking hopefully the community with it on this journey of understanding and also to be meticulous about uh, each of the Uh, sort of enactments of the the plan as specified by the National Planning Policy Framework and we're working very closely with the Planning Advisory Service to do that as well. So I think that's good. Um, uh, Martin Payne, who's just recently joined us on the uh, strategic side of planning from East Hearts, will be writing to you uh, and to parish councillors with a sort of summary of where we are. Um, So I hope that uh, you'll feel as fully briefed and involved as, uh, as possible. Uh, turning now to um, devolution, something that you all have read much about and I have mentioned um, in this chamber before, but I think things have accelerated since our our last meeting. The um, new community secretary has called for creativity and radical thinking on devolutions from councils uh, as he prepares for a big push to decentralise power, including to non-urban areas. And quote from Greg Clark, I would encourage all cities, towns, counties and districts across the country to reflect on and to think about and prepare for a discussion of what would be in the interests of their area. So this is a a really live and important issue and we must play our full part uh, within that. Just to recap, I have told you this before, but um, bearing in mind the shape of Essex which is one county, two unitaries and twelve districts, um, they just about managed to get together to send a letter of intent to the previous government uh, just before Christmas um, and uh, really the aspiration is is something along the lines of a greater Essex Assembly and those of you who are familiar will know the Manchester model. A lot easier of course because that is 12 metropolitans as opposed to the different organisations that we have. Um, And and in Manchester they are a net taker of about £5 billion uh, from uh, the General Exchequer. Uh, Essex is not, it's a contributor actually. Uh, But the target in Manchester is to uh, certainly wipe out that $5 deficit and then maybe go beyond that to be a contributor. And and, and Essex, of course, would be to increase its contribution. Um, The important point in all of this is that we're not proposing uh, any change of sovereignty to each existing council. That could be another agenda, and I guess uh, the budget in November, May, uh, focus our minds on whether we need to do anything around that. But that's not part of this agenda. This is about um, the retention of local taxes, particularly business but maybe uh, council tax as well, to um, generate uh, the uh, Greater Essex's control over the growth agenda, infrastructure, the skills programme, the welfare to work programme and maybe of course health and social care. Um, that that the <laughs> That is the uh, bite of the apple that you may not want to make too quickly, but but certainly it is a very, very important theme. And um, I just want to, uh, you'll be aware that Cornwall, which of course is another county, but slightly different again because it's a unitary county, um, they've just got uh, their devolution deal through very quickly, and they will get... um, powers for franchising and improving bus services in the area, the first uh, rural unitary authority to gain that power, uh, that, uh, to give the local enterprise partnership more say on boosting local skills levels. And I should say that at the moment you'll be aware that our local enterprise partnership is part of SELEP, the South East LEP, um, so we're in common with East Sussex and the model bluntly isn't working there's a very strong move to create a, an Essex LEP and I think that's pretty essential to the whole model to have it coterminous um, uh, Cornwall goes on to uh, give the council powers to select the projects, working with partners it wants to see benefiting from millions of pounds of of inward investment funding to make it uh, easier for Cornwall uh, to instigate national local business support services to help local firms grow and to enable Cornwall to work with local health organisations on a plan for integrating health and social care services. So you can see the train is way out the station and it's just a question that uh, now is the time to jump on it if you think there's something in it for your uh, local area. Now on that subject, what are the next steps? Well the proposal is that a straw man is sent to each of the uh, authorities in Essex um, and uh, to flesh that out and comment on that straw man about what do we want, now that might be as an individual organization or collectively across Essex, what the government want from us, and how are we going to deliver those objectives and I think that will help to understand because, as you can imagine, Essex is a complicated place, a diverse place, and not everybody thinks exactly the same way um, so it, I think that will help uh, shape that process um, but as I say um, I, I want It's very important that the Council uh, moves forward and we're making collective decisions on this. So uh, we'll certainly talk on a cross-party basis about how we respond to that straw man. We'll have a briefing as soon as we possibly can after the holidays, much uh, fuller briefing than I'm giving you this evening. And then ultimately, if we all agree, hopefully we'll be able to put in submission to the Secretary of State or the Chancellor of Exchequer. So I I hope that helped to explain a little bit uh, about devolution, but happy to take questions, Chairman. Thank you.
0: Questions, Susan. What question, Chairman? No, you let it speak.
2: Thank you, Chairman. Uh, members, you would have uh, seen the report that I have written. There, it lists a number of issues: the Essex Waste consultation on sites throughout the district for the disposal of commercial and industrial waste. The listed buildings and heritage sites at risk, um, particularly keen members, if you know of any sites in your area that you think are Grade 2 or Grade grade 2 star, Grade 1 listed, that are suffering, that uh, really could probably do with a bit of work on them, please do let Barbara Bosworth know. Um, They may not be appropriate, but... The sites that we have in the plan at the moment are those that we know of. I've already told the officers of a couple more that they'll look into and see if it's appropriate that we have them on our list and intervene. Um, There are many, many sites that we have intervened over the years and be taken off the list and are now habitable or in other uses, which is great. The parking report tells you the position as we were a couple of weeks ago um, there has been a meeting with Saffron Walden Town Council on the 10th of July, and the results of that meeting is a number of further alterations to parking within Saffron Walden, and those will be taken forward to the parking partnership. There are also another other issues being taken forward with Essex highways. Under waste of recycling, we will shortly be delivering a leaflet to every house. Our main message at the moment with the new contract in place, with everybody's contract in place, is to try to reduce contamination That's not only the wrong things in the bin, because we can no longer take certain plastics, bubble wrap, uh, plastic bags, film, um, clothing. We need to keep those out of our recycled waste stream. But also contamination in as much as people are putting in dirty food containers. We need those rinsed and recycled, so we can get the best deal for our recycling. As you're aware, we now have to pay to get rid of our recycling. But the price goes up if it's contaminated, so we need clean recycling. Um, The local plan the leader has touched on and the cycling and the street scene I think are are sort of self-explanatory. I am going to actually ask Terry Farthing um, to look at the possibility um, of making people really proud of where they live and I'm going to ask him to investigate the idea of a best-kept village street or some such for next year, next summer because I think there is the, the Essex Village of the Year But sometimes you drive around our district and there are actually just streets or areas that do you proud. And I think that, you know, encouraging a little bit of competition between our residential streets, whether it's in Stansford or Dunmo or saffron Walden, I'll get the then chairman or maybe the existing chairman to judge. But uh, I think that would be very nice and it would make people proud of the area they live in. I finally would like to touch on one very sad thing. You'll be aware there was a double murder in Stansted last week, and just for information, the Chief Executive will be asked to set up a domestic homicide review to look into this, and we'll be meeting with the police next week to take the first steps. This is something we have to do as a local authority, and, uh, you know, very sad situation, but that's the
0: responsibility we have. So thank you, Chairman. Does anyone have any questions for Councillor Barker at this point? No, in which case, I believe Councillor Howell would like to speak.
5: Thank you, Madam Chairman. Well, members, I wasn't planning to give a detailed report to, to Council, but I'll confine myself, if you don't mind, to a, a few comments. Um, Councillors will be aware that the Government is looking to achieve savings in public spending of £37 billion by 2020. Um, The first of those were announced in the budget on the 7th of July and they totaled £17 billion and we can expect the remaining £20 billion of savings to be identified in the autumn spending review. Um, Earlier in the month also the Chancellor announced the spending review timetable and guidance and the headline figures from those were that departments that are not ring-fenced should be planning or expecting to make savings either of 25% or under another scenario cuts of 40%. We will have a clearer idea after the autumn spending review on the 25th of November, but I I think I would like to ask councillors to note that as a result of the careful financial management in recent years, we are relatively well placed to face the challenges that we undoubtedly will be facing in the years to come. Um, There is one major item which came out of the budget on the 8th of July, which I do need to draw your attention to, and that is a 1% cut in social housing rents. And councillors will be aware that this is a, a change from the current formula whereby social housing rents went up by a percentage over the consumer price index. So we can expect this to have an impact on our income over the course of the next four years. Um, The key message I would leave with you tonight, though, is that we are undoubtedly going to face challenges. Um, I believe that we're well placed to address those challenges and manage them in a controlled and structured fashion. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Councillor Howell. Does anyone have any questions at this point? No. Before we move on to members' questions and to other members of the Executive, I would just like to bring item 13, which is Chairman's urgent items, further up the agenda and ask Howard to speak.
4: Well, thank you, Chairman. And it just follows on from uh, the earlier comments uh, about the Chief Executive. We now obviously need to, and I'm very grateful to the Chief Executive because he didn't have to give us six months' notice. I asked if he could because it takes at least six months to uh, find a successor. Um, and uh, it's very helpful that he's done that. So we, we now need to get on quickly with finding, or starting the process to find that successor. So, um, the intention is that we set up a group to review this. Uh, We will be consulting uh, with a former advisor to the council, Colin Rockall. I have already spoken to uh, the other leaders and uh, the interview panel will be um, cross-party, proportionate to um, Uh, the balance of the council um, and obviously the process we'll also discuss on a cross-party basis. So uh, we'll determine who uh, from each um, party uh, sits on that and, and report back to you but it will be a party of 3115 members and probably two outsiders, uh, probably Colin and, um, and a another uh, executive of an authority. So there's some external perspective, but we may choose that they're not voting members. Um, and we obviously need to make the decision about whether we're going to advertise or whether we're going to recruit. There is a subtle difference. Um, but clearly, uh, it's a very important job and it's imperative that we get the right person to, uh, to fill it. So uh, that is the urgent business. Thank you, Chairman.
0: Moving on then to um, members' questions, Councillor Dean.
6: My question is, uh, is really a bouquet and it is to uh, thank uh, Susan Barker for earlier on committing Atlus for District Council to working with Stansted residents with the parish council and local members uh, to find a solution to the dispute that's occurred over play equipment in uh, Stansted and as we heard from Mr Black earlier this equipment is much appreciated by the community and clearly we need to sort it out quickly and I'm pleased that uh, everybody's going to work together to, to resolve it
0: thank you councillor lemon
7: Thank you Jim. Um, I, I read in my local paper a few weeks ago that the leader of the Essex County Council thought that a second runway at Stansted was inevitable and I'd just like to ask our leader, will our leader and this council continue to oppose a second runway at Stansted?
4: Totally and absolutely and unequivocally and um You know, we're in regular dialogue with David Finch, the leader at Essex. He's got to play a political game. He's got Southend in his patch as well. Um, And I guess if you look at the term inevitable, which is infinity, um, who knows? So I wouldn't read too much into that. But certainly our our policy has not changed one iota. What I think councillors should be aware is that the time is fast approaching when the Manchester Air group will put in an application to increase the passengers per annum um, to uh, something over 40 million a year and I think we collectively need to decide what our response to that would be. Um, My uh, thought is that um, this could come within the next year, this application. Um, so we'll need to focus our minds on that and agree together what we want. There are just—you uh, give me the opportunity to um, just give a couple of good pieces of news. Actually, um, one is that we're working very closely uh, with Harlow College at the possibility of setting up uh, a unit of Harlow College. Uh, around uh, Stansted Airport, exact location not quite concluded. Um, And its particular focus would be on A, engineering, particularly aviation engineering, and B, probably service skills because they play a very big part in that whole operation as well. And I'm absolutely delighted about this. Um, this is not an official announcement, so I don't particularly uh, you know, want to get a press on it because we're still um, you know, in discussion. But I think it's something right that I share it with councillors, that it is at least an opportunity. We don't have any tertiary education in Uttlesford. This will be the first time. And I think any opportunity like that uh, is good. Um, and the second uh, thing that we're working on is to develop the north side of Stansted, if you remember the old terminal, which is a business park but really needs to be uh, um, created into something much bigger and uh, much more effective than it currently is. And MAG are, 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 are very interested, in fact, a bit more than interested, very proactive in doing that. So there are challenges with an airport, but there are opportunities as well. So, um, but in answer to your question, absolutely not.
3: Councillor Knight. I appreciate that we probably won't have much jurisdiction over it, but considering we try to encourage visitors and tourists to this area, which is a highly desirable area for that, the impressions at Stanford Airport are absolutely ridiculous now. You have to pay for set-down. You have to pay to get out. You are not allowed a minute free. They've now actually got a handwritten sign that says free set-down, and if you follow it, you end up practically at Harlow where they drop you off to get on a bus, a park and ride with all your cases and everything to bring you back half an hour later to where you first started out. The situation is totally intolerable. I think we're the only airport where they have to pay for absolutely everything. There is no um, allowance at all for setting down or picking up. Normally there used to be at least a fifteen minute allowance. And now they've got little vans going around with radars watching that somebody doesn't have the audacity to walk down from the airport down to the main roundabout and then and pick somebody up there. So they've got little vans watching everything. It's, you know, big brother The only thing George Orwell got wrong was the date, I think, as far as Stansted is concerned. It would be nice if we could have some relaxation. And as for trying to get a resident special card to get... I think they make it as difficult as possible for people to obtain that, which is supposed to give a discount and actually doesn't. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Councillor Knight. Um, We may not be able to change where we are now, but if there is a planning application, then I think some of these things which I know affect residents, I represent High Easter. High Easter is a CM1 postcode. All residents in CM1, 4, were told they no longer qualify for the card. So there are issues in individual areas. There are issues around the setting down. There are the punitive costs if, you know, the plane <laughs> baggage doesn't come through and you've gone to collect somebody. Um, I think these are issues we should be discussing with MAG, and I think they are issues that certainly... Uh, we should be trying out now, but if a planning application comes forward, we should certainly be looking at those at that
0: round. Any other questions? I haven't missed anyone. Okay, thank you. Um, moving on to item eight, matters received from the executive. I don't believe there is anything. Um, matters received about joint arrangements and external organisations. I believe Councillor Rolfe is going to update us on the Health and Wellbeing Board.
4: Well, only briefly, uh, Chairman. um, The the Health and Wellbeing Board, which is, is, you know, what it says on the tin, really, is is an Essex body. Um, You may be aware that... uh, Essex has been classified as a success regime um, alongside uh, somewhere in uh, Lancashire and and Devon Um, and it's a bit of a a contradiction that because uh, um, it's not a success regime it's in a regime because it's unsuccessful most of the five acute hospitals in Essex uh, have had uh, challenging CQC visits Um, collectively the health uh, regime in Essex is about £225 million in debt. Uh, the worst performing CCG is mid-Essex. We are fortunately in West Essex which is a well-regarded CCG actually. Um, so as a result um, NHS England have decided that uh, there, there needs to be special focus. Now out of difficulty may come opportunity but anyway that was one of the things that was discussed. The other is um, they have created an integration board uh, to try and look at the uh, uh, how you can best bring health and social care together I think we all understand the challenges uh, the biggest of which is that they're two uh, financial streams so it's very difficult to bring the two things together but bringing them together leads to two of the measurements that we discussed one of which is the rise in unelected admissions um, that's when you go to hospital uh, when you hadn't planned to go uh, much of that through A&E and um, Clearly, uh, the opportunities to um, keep people out of hospitals is something that we really should be focusing on in a primary care sense. And the second is the uh, transition from hospital to home and then back again because the care at home isn't sufficient. And both those figures are going in the wrong direction. And that is where we can work together uh, to uh, to try and improve the situation. So uh, those were some of the things we looked at. They're very important things, uh, but I just wanted to brief you on that meeting. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, moving on then to item 10, um, there's a recommendation from the Constitution Working Group on the procedure for nominating honorary aldermen, and I believe Councillor Ranger will be speaking on this.
7: Yes, Chairman, thank you. Um, the paper in front of members is um, as a result of request uh, by the Council at the last meeting to uh, have the Constitution amended to take account of this matter. Um, upon reflection on reading the proposed uh, wording I would just want to suggest that uh, clause 18.1.3 is amended to read that any existing member of the council and shall be made before the annual meeting of the council following an ordinary election of councillors because as it stands um, a councillor who qualifies uh, for the being recommended to be uh, considered as alderman, um, may stand for election and fail and then have to wait four years before he could be nominated. So I thought that was particularly unfair. So that's the matter um, being proposed. I have had other uh, matters raised with me that might be uh, suggested alterations to the wording, um, and they are numerous, so I think it's best that we leave it as it stands with that amendment. Um, If uh, it's seconded, it will stay on the table until the October meeting for uh, consideration. Thank you, Chair.
0: Councillor Dean. Thank you.
6: I seconded the
0: proposal. I also didn't have my mic on, Councillor <laughs> Um So that will just uh, defer to the next meeting, is that correct? Okay, thank you. Thank you, Councillor Ranger. Um, moving forward then, item 11, the Essex Police and Crime um, Panel. We are to appoint a name substitute to serve on the Essex Police Panel for 2015-16.
4: Councillor Gordon is the uh, initial nomination and the substitute will be Councillor Barker, whose remit this falls into. Thank you. Can
6: I clarify? That's Councillor Susan Barker.
0: I need a seconder, I'm sorry.
4: No,
0: Councillor G. Barker is the seconder. Councillor G. Barker is the Okay, all in favour? No. Thank you. Sorry, it's my nemesis this evening, this microphone. Item 12. Um, to consider proposed changes to membership of the Standards Committee, um, I would ask Councillor Dean to speak.
6: thank you, Madam Chairman. I'd like to propose that uh, my place on the Standards Committee is replaced by Councillor Elizabeth Parr as the other, well, the second Liberal Democrat group member.
0: Do we have a seconder? Thank you. I second it. Thank you. All in favour? You told me to vote. Um, We do need to do a bit of urgent business because we need to resolve to approve the task group to set up my appointment panel. Because we didn't vote on it. Okay, um, sorry. Uh, Just one item I've been advised of. We mentioned the task group that's been set up to to approve John's uh, um, successor. successor. (laughs) Um, We should have taken a vote on that at the time. I apologise. So um, Howard proposed that. Did someone second? Councillor Chambers, all in favour? You know. Thank you. And I believe that's all for this evening. Thank you very much.